Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome back to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. We're your hosts, Stan Miller and Katie Beth Hand. Our guest today is entrepreneur and founder of Kovar Wealth, Taylor Kovar. Taylor, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So before we jump in, I was hoping you would tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and the path that has taken you from a healthcare technology executive through being an investment advisor to what you do now. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background and the journey that has taken you through those different careers. I thought we were trying to keep this under 30 minutes. Um, No, no. um, You know, I have a very weird story. I feel like it's it's pretty unorthodox. Um, I grew up in a converted barn, right? Not a barn dominium, literally a converted barn on a farm in the middle of nowhere, East Texas. More cows than people in the population. My dad was a millwright at the local plywood mill. My mom worked at the local water company. I mean, just good old East Texas people, which this is just in heaven on earth to me. And, but that was how I was raised. We, we lived paycheck to paycheck. You know, we grew up chasing cows and had dogs and chickens and uh, that was life. And then over the years, my parents really gave us a lot of insight into just being a good person, right? What does that mean to be a good person? Treating other people the way you want to be treated. And knowing that, hey, you can achieve whatever you wanted to achieve as long as you work hard. And that was it. It wasn't a, hey, maybe you'll get lucky and win the lottery. It was, if you work hard, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And they filled us with a lot of stories of people from the Bible and from um, just throughout history who risen from nothing into to greatness. And I think that's really important just, just to kind of set the stage of everybody's life in general of, hey, you can overcome whatever you're going through. And so with that background, I ended up working my way uh, through school. I worked myself, I worked at the plywood mill where my dad worked at. I actually worked my way through school. Um, I graduated my finance degree whenever the markets collapsed in 08. So nobody was hiring finance people, which was awesome to know you just worked your way through school for a, a degree that was quote unquote worthless. And my brother had just started a software company. And so I joined him and we were able to grow this little software company in one of the fastest growing healthcare software organizations in America there for several years. And as people say, it's great working with a family till it's not. And I love my brother tremendously. We have a great relationship, but uh, that was a very uh, a big learning opportunity for me. Learned a lot about entrepreneurship, about leadership, about business in general. And then that really propelled me into all the other careers I've had since then. So I left the software. I joined Merrill Lynch as an advisor, realized really quickly that was very different um, going from running basically your own business to being the lowest man on the totem pole of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Uh, it just did not fit with me. I like calling my own shots. So I left there. I started my own firm. And through that, we've invested in a number of businesses. We bought a healthcare business, which uh, we grew from just a handful of employees to over 300 over a period of about four years. And we have several digital assets and we have uh, real estate and a few other things that I probably have ADHD, probably never been officially diagnosed, but I get bored easily and I like to jump and move into different things. But no, that's a very brief, obviously big overview of, of my life to now. So, 
a very interesting winding story for sure. Very fun. So you touched on this a little bit. The keywords that you list on your website are faith, family, finance. So tell us a little bit about those foundational words and how they impact the way that you interact with the people that you work with, with clients, with the people that work for you. Definitely. So our faith is really, really important to who we are. And I say we as me and my wife and our family. To me, that's where everything starts with why I do certain things that I do, uh, the way that we invest, the way that we interact with people, the way that we treat other people. And whether you're a person of faith or not, a lot of people will take biblical principles and use them in life and their businesses. And so to me, that I'll make that known very upfront. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a servant-minded disciple or I want to be the example and faith is a, is a big part of that. And then from there, it's family. So even as we've built different businesses, I make sure my clients know my friends know, hey, I am really protective of my family time. That's it, right? If you work with us, you have to know I, my family comes first. At the end of the day, I can make more money, right? I can do other things. I can't replace the relationship with my kids. I can't replace that time that I have with them at that age. And even though those may be really prime money-making years for my own life, there's something more important to me, and that's them. And so, and then finance. I'm a certified financial planner. I've been in investments for a long time. It just kind of, and it, it just sounds good. Faith, family, finance sounds really good. And so um, we obviously had to throw that in there. Love it. I love it. Stan, I know you're brimming with questions. What questions do you have for Taylor? So I've heard about all the things that you're doing. Are, do you still actually work with clients and providing financial advice? I do. I do. Yeah. So we started the firm in 2015. And that's what I did primarily for a couple of years. That was my only kind of job. Everything I focused on was growing that practice. Through that, we didn't have a ton of clients, but enough that it paid the bills and and it was a good practice for us. And then I had had the opportunity to acquire a healthcare business with a few other partners. And I was supposed to be a silent partner in it. I was supposed to just come on as somebody like, I have the experience from a consulting side of things. And I was supposed to do that. And it became really clear (laughs) really fast that I was going to take on more of a role than I, I wanted to in that business initially. And so I brought on another advisor to help run the day-to-day of the firm. And I shifted some of my focus to really running and growing that healthcare practice. We now have, I think, three or four advisors spread across uh, a couple out in Florida and a couple here in the United, here in Texas. But I do still meet with clients periodically, not every day. That's not what I do every day. Uh, we do have people on staff who watch the markets and they watch the plans and they make sure everything's going the way that it needs to. But I do still meet with clients. And honestly, that's my favorite part. Like, I love the meeting with clients part. I love that part. All the rest of it is like, it's the day-to-day work that has to be done. I do it, but it's not what I enjoy. So I enjoy the face-to-face. Very nice. You've mentioned your wife, Megan, a couple of times. And so from what I can tell you, and Megan actually do a lot of work together, including working with newlyweds. And you have a couple of websites, themoneycouple.com and themillionairemarriage.com. Talk to our listeners a little bit about the work that you and Megan do and both websites. Yeah. So we are high school sweethearts. We raised each other. We've been together since we were 14. It's not been all rainbow and butterflies and sunshine, but you know, we really were able to raise each other and learn a lot about life together. And so we had been together about seven or eight years when we got married. And you would think since we kind of navigated the teenage years together, that marriage would be a cakewalk, right? Or at least that's what we thought at 21, 22. And we realized that a year in, maybe it was time for a divorce. (laughs) And that was not a fun experience. You know, we, I mean, literally we're going to the divorce attorney a year into our marriage and we'd been together for seven or eight years beforehand. And so as we're 
sitting there having those conversations saying, hey, is this something we really want to do? We really just became open and honest with each other at that age and said, hey, why are we doing this? Right? What are we working for? Why did we get married to begin with? What is this? What are we doing? And we had some really open and honest communication with each other, went to see um, a therapist who really helped us to communicate better and decided at that point forward, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to be on the same team. So online, we're at the Covars. I mean, that's who we are at a lot of places. You know? And so from that day forward, we really just made a pact that, hey, it's me and you. This is our team. We don't care about anybody else's team. You know, we're not trying to keep up with the Joneses or anybody else. Like, it's me and you. And this is our life. And we're going to make it the best of it as we want it to be. And if that doesn't fit everybody else's, you know, realm of what they think a marriage should be, well, that's them. This is us. So how are you taking that experience and and infusing that into the lives of other couples that maybe have yeah. similar challenges. Definitely. So a few years after that, those challenges, we got the opportunity to speak into some friends of ours' lives who were going through some stuff and realized, hey, maybe this is what we should be doing. And so we started instilling some of those same principles in our firm, in the, the investment firm, to really make a priority of, hey, I don't want to make a great financial plan. And then you guys get divorced 10 years later because you hate each other, right? Like, if we're building this plan for y'all to retire together and you have this amount of assets and things, like we want to protect those in a way that also protects your marriage. And so we started teaching the newlywed class at our church. We started doing speaking engagements. We've written a couple of books. And through that process, I started really researching the psychology of money as a couple. And there, honestly, there wasn't a lot out there, um, but we did come across a couple named Scott and Bethany Palmer. They had a brand called The Money Couple. They were out in Colorado and they'd done all this research over how couples can communicate about money. And um, so I reached out to them. We started a relationship. I started utilizing some of their stuff in our practice. And a few years later, they called and like, hey, listen, our kids are graduating. We're wanting to move into a new phase of life. We need somebody else to kind of carry forward, you know, these things that we've built and also, you know, what me and Megan were doing. And they're like, hey, we'd like for you to be that couple. And so we got to take on the mantle of the money couple. And that really propelled even more of what we've been able to accomplish, building upon the, the things that they had already built. And so now we do marriage conferences. We actually have a podcast called The Millionaire Marriage. So that was me and a marriage family therapist I have on staff within our firm. Uh, he and I created that podcast. My wife has been a guest on that podcast several times. And her and I are, are launching our own podcast later this year called Then Comes Life, where we discuss all the things that then, you know, first comes love and then comes life. And so we're really excited about that. But uh, we do a lot of marriage conferences. We teach an Inuit class at, at church. We do podcast interviews and, and really just take any opportunity we can to speak into the lives of the people that we've been blessed to um, call clients and friends. That's, that's so, really exciting. Yeah, Go ahead, Stan. I was going to say, talk about stories. You've done this a while now. I'm sure you've gotten some feedback from couples that you've impacted. Yeah. And, you know, that's always the best part when we're able to see uh, lives changed over a period of years. I mean, there's couples that we were youth pastors of when they were teenagers and they had been dating since 15. And we're like, hey, listen, we know what you're going to face because we've been there. And now seeing them raise their own kids and putting making their marriage a priority and, you know, turning down other opportunities to make sure that them and their spouse remain a strong couple. And we talk about a lot, you know, being on the same team. And I think that that's eye-opening for a lot of people is like, hey, my spouse isn't the enemy. My spouse isn't, you know, if there's an argument, I don't always have to win because, you know, we're on the same team. If they lose, I lose. And that's really helped us shape the conversations we have with clients about how they protect their assets, how they protect their marriage, how they protect their family, and really achieve the goals that they want to achieve out of life. And you also, through that, you have three kids, correct? 
There is a beautiful picture of them on your website. They're adorable. So you have three kiddos. Tell us what wisdom you've learned through your professional work, through what you're doing with newlyweds. What wisdom have you learned that you are trying to ingrain in your own children? I'm trying to, I'm trying to ingrain to them that the world does not revolve around them. And I think that's different than maybe a lot of people do now. We're really open and honest with our kids. We speak to them, maybe not like an adult, but but really closely as best we can. We try to take every opportunity that we can to show them the world and why the world operates the way it does. So for example, when we go to the grocery store and we're picking out cereal, right? We'll talk about, hey, why is Fruit Loops in a box and eye level and Fruityos in a bag and on the bottom shelf, right? What does that mean? Why is that there? And it just kind of helps build logical processes. And we do the same thing with some of our real estate stuff is we want them to know, hey, the world operates in a certain way and through a lot of hard work and maybe a little bit of luck, you know, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And just because maybe you were born in East Texas and you have these opportunities doesn't mean you can't go and do other things. And so that's really, really important for us is for them to know, hey, the world is here. You have this one life. Make the most of it. Faith is obviously a really huge part of it, is our faith and our reliance on uh, Jesus and what he's done for us. And so that's really important to, to our family, what we instill in them. Great. That's a good piece of wisdom. So here's the million dollar question. Through the work that you do in all of these different companies and businesses, through everything you're doing with newlyweds, what do you hope your legacy will be? Oh, man, that is a million dollar question. You know, for us, I want to be known as a servant-minded disciple, right? That's it. Like, I want people, and when they think about Taylor, like, hey, he is serving others. I want, you know, we've been really blessed with a lot of opportunities in this world, but never do I want to come across as better than, right? Or, uh, well, yeah, I'm better than. I want to know that, hey, I'm here to serve wherever God has placed us and whoever sees put in our path. Hey, I'm here and I'm an open book. And whether that's a financial, whether it's advice, whether it's just a helping hand uh, for today. I want to serve others and I want to teach that to my kids. And so routinely do community service together. Uh, we routinely serve in, in different capacities at church because honestly, I think that's what we're here for. I want to make the world a better place than I, I found it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Stan, what other questions do you have for Taylor? I don't have other questions. I just, just want to affirm what you're saying. It's just, you know, that's how life works, right? If you so that part of the New Testament that really struck, you know, like probably if I had to distill it down, you know, it's, that, it's when Jesus said, you know, if you want to gain your life, you have to lose it, right? Yeah. And I understand that to mean that you, you lose your life in service to others. And so what I know is that when I do that, my life works. And whenever I look at my life and it's not working, it's because I'm not doing that. It's like, it's not rocket science, right? It's just... It's just totally predictable. And so it's really cool that you and your wife have found a way to, you know, to do this and multiply, multiply the impact of that. And, uh, and it's nice. I mean, you're never going to really know the, you know, the ripple effect that that's going to have over decades, you know, centuries to come. But, it, but you know, it does have an impact. And so that's good enough, right? It is. And yeah, I just, you know, I rely on that hope of, hey, I'm making a difference. If I can change one person's life and they can change one person's life, then I'm making a, a mark on this this world. And that's what I think we're here for is to serve others and just know at the end of the day, hey, God's got it at the end of the day, right? I can make my plans, but God's got it. And um, 
you know, I'm going to live my life to the best of my abilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Final question. What has been, what would you say has been your biggest challenge recently? Oh, so I'll just be, man, I don't know if I should eat this raw. So we sold uh, our healthcare business at uh, our large healthcare business and a few other businesses at the end of 2021, early 2022. And I lost track of what was the purpose of my life, right? I just said, hey, like, I've achieved this. Look at this, right? Look at all this stuff I've done. And it's so embarrassing, right? Especially after Stan just says, it's really obvious whenever I'm not living my life for others. It became really obvious there for a period of months that, hey, I am doing things that I like, why are these plans working? These plans should work, you know? And I realized, hey, I'm not. Yeah, I got caught up in this different way of life and hey, look at what I built and look what I did and, you know, look at me. And once I got back in line saying, hey, hang on, Taylor, this is this is not what you set out to accomplish. This is not the reason you did this. You did this to serve others. It seemed like life got a, it got back in line. You know, everything kind of fell back in place. Kids were happier. Marriage was better. Business was better. It just seemed like everything kind of went back to where it needed to be. And though that is uh, embarrassing, I think it, it also helps as a reminder that, hey, we're all human. And even when we think, oh, we I'm not going to act that way in that situation, maybe you will, right? Or it won't happen to me. Maybe it, maybe it will. And so I'm just thankful that I had some really good people around me to say, hey, Taylor, like, why are you making that decision? That doesn't sound like you, right? That doesn't sound like what you, you've always said you wanted. And I'm very thankful for my spouse as well, who stood by me and said, hey, like this, we're in this together, right? This is our team and let's make the decisions that are best for our family, regardless of what anybody thinks we should be doing. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Very, you know, a very a- great, very honest answer. I think pretty much everyone can relate to a season of life like that. Yeah. And let me, let me follow up with that to say, you know, a lot of the work you've done with, with married couples, there's also a lesson that for guys that go through exits, right? Uh, yeah. You know, because, you know, I've been through an exit and it's an interesting transition to you know, have this thing that you work for, you know, hours every day, and then suddenly somebody else owns it and you have money in the bank, you know, it, and it does change your perspective and it does, it creates new opportunities for you to, you know, look at your life differently, but it also has a dark side. And there's, there's probably, there's at least a podcast in that. Yeah, <laughs> there probably is. There probably is. Yeah, I've learned a lot and exits are something I've been toying around, kicking around, writing a book about it, but it's not. I don't think I'm that far on the other side of it yet to be able to to get it all out. But it is. It's it's very different once you've gone through that experience. And so, yeah. what uh, you said, you guys have written a couple books. Tell us about those. Yeah, so we have a book called The Five Money Personalities, and then we have one called uh, like Five Money Conversations You Should Have with Your Child at different ages. And so those are being published right now through Harper Collins uh, that we released on October 10th. We do have a lot of other resources. So we have card decks that we've created to help couples communicate better about money and intimacy and marriage. We have uh, some courses for kids on how to teach your kids about money, even when you don't know about money, right, that you can do together. And then we do have a couple's money course that we're actually launching here in just a few weeks. We're really excited about that's geared toward couples. I mean, obviously anybody can use it, but we used a lot of principles from marriage family therapy within that to uh, help couples just live an overcoming life, uh, primarily through their finances. So for financial things, I know that we can direct all of our listeners to cobarwealth.com. What's the best place to direct listeners if they're more interested in knowing about everything else that you just talked about? The courses with kids and marriage courses. Yeah. So the moneycouple.com is kind of our hub. Um, uh, we are constantly updating it and revamping it. Uh, we have a lot of things coming out. Like I said, over these next few weeks, we have a lot of really great tools and resources that we'll 
will be rolling out through it. That's where you can pick up all of the latest courses, card decks, books, everything. TheMoneyCouple.com or at TheMoneyCouple on basically any social media channel. And we're just real. We just talk real. This is who we are. I tell everybody I'm country boy simple. This is what we do. I love it. Well, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. This is the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Stan Miller and Katie Beth Hand. And our guest today was Taylor Kovar. To find out more about Taylor and the work that he does, you can visit kovarwealth.com or themoneycouple.com. And we will also link that for you in the show notes. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hey, I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.